It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Chatter and lore. I'm Andy. I'm Andrew. I'm Thomas. And I'm Ryan Whalen. And we are the creators of Rude Alchemy. Chatter and Lore is that special place where we talk about Rude Alchemy, who we are, why we're doing it, and also tell some stories that will expand the ridiculous universe we're creating. If this is the first episode of Rude Alchemy you're listening to, thank you, welcome, we're glad to have you. But since this is an opportunity to enhance and expand the world of the series, you might have a better time if you first listen to episodes from our current season. It's called Carver Greenbottom Bone Detective. And the first chapter of this series is on our feed labeled Episodes 1 through 5, and the second chapter is now complete as well with Episodes 6 through 9. In this episode of Chatter and Lore, we'll be talking Carver, playing a game with Andrew, listening to a Carver bonus story from Ryan. Right, Ryan? <laughs> yes. yes. And, is it and finished, though? We don't know. This one is, We'll find out. He's working on it right now, so he's got some time. It's the last thing, almost. No, no, no. And, yeah, and we're going to find out the title of the next season, oh, which ooh. I didn't email to Ryan, so hopefully he remembers. <laughs> <laughs> text it to him right I now. Will, so I will. Text it. I don't have my cell phone in front of me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll chat it to you. I'll chat e- it to you uh, in Skype. Email. All right. Yes. I'll chat it to you in Skype. It's the one. I know what it is. All right. Good. We'll find out. I'm not going to chat it to you. Hopefully, you'll just know. Oh God. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's dive right in, shall we? Talk some Carver. We're going to do some round robin questions. Oh, God. Hopefully, what? everybody thought of questions. I know what? I didn't. Nobody said to think of a question. Yeah, uh, but you can think God. of one now. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'll start to make it easy. Uh, and I'm just going to ask um, a specific person. How about that? Okay. Andrew, do oh, you, um, uh, how do you feel? The, the very easy question. How do you feel the second chapter of Carver compared uh, to the first? That's uh, uh, like such an easy question, I guess, but I, I don't know how to answer it. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's good. I think we definitely, a year under our belt, we have found our rhythms. Um, uh, I think anyway, in terms of, of the writing, it's, it's easier, I think, to go back to a world that has already, we've already started. Um, I think we felt that, especially with the Carver Crane Bottom Christmas special. It was like, oh, yeah, these guys, remember them? Uh, like old friends we were revisiting. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I can't, I don't think I can compare them in terms of like one's better than the other one. I think we definitely learned a lot in terms of um, just like keeping, keeping the things funny and keeping the story moving. Um, you know, our 
first season was the first time we were ever doing this kind of writing thing together. So there were some, you know, there were some like choppier portions of uh, <laughs> of the early episodes. Um, I don't know. Chapter two is good. Yay. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you. Now you have to ask somebody <clears throat> a question. Um, I'm going to ask Ryan Whalen since uh, Ryan's, speaking of writing, our writing, uh, Ryan's input into the writing process has only been increasing since we started this thing. I think for the first season of Carver, he didn't write any episodes, and for Bruff, he didn't write any episodes. Then he wrote a part of a Plague Clowns episode, and then he didn't write anything. <laughs> and, then, and then he wrote pieces of the Carver Crane Bottom Christmas special, and then the finale of Chapter 2 of Carver, he co-wrote with Andy. So what's the writing train been like for you, Ryan? We haven't really uh, talked about writing with you. It's daunting. It's, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I am co-writing with three... Uh, you know, I'd say two extremely talented writers and one above average writer, and I'm a and I'm a <laughs> I'm a below. Who's who's the above average one? I'm wondering. I'm curious. <laughs> no, no, that's terrible. No, so I'm, I'm writing with three excellent writers who have lots of uh, you know things to bring to the table. You know, ideas and when you're a blue collar guy like myself. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't use your imagination too much, and uh, you get rusty. You truly, truly get rusty. So it's been, it's been fun to try to loosen things up, and it's also been worrisome where it's like not loosening up as much as you'd want it to. You know, your your imagination. So I'm hoping um, if I can get my laziness under control to keep pushing forward and and um, you know get better uh, at it. Uh, but it's it's tough. I. I tell you, I mean, I, I think I heard, I turned from a, just like getting, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say, get like getting yourself to do it is hard or like what, what's the hardest part about it? Like just starting, uh, I guess, oh man, this is getting, this is getting very internal. Uh, it's, it's, it's coming up with a, it's, it's having a good idea that excites you. And then you start writing with it. I guess that's, that's where I struggle is getting that one idea that's like, okay, that's good. I can work with that and then go from there. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's yeah. getting, it's getting past that, that first bit. And I remember talking to a, a, a um, a playwright one time, not a famous one, just a, a, you know, a playwright trying to be a playwright anyways. Um, Tom, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> You are the above average. Keep the going. other two are the the. Uh, oh, oh, he did! He did! He did it! <laughs> no, I was gonna I was gonna say Whalen falling back on his blue collar roots and his laziness. That's just such a shock. I, you know, he rarely does that. <laughs> no. Oh man, Tom and I used to be really good friends. It's We're true. having a good time. Right now. <laughs> this is what happens when we start at seven forty-five and not seven. Oh. No, no, no. Basically, someone told me once you have to allow yourself to suck in the very beginning and then it gets better from there so yeah i think that's good advice starting i think starting's hard anyway this isn't a conversation this is a round robin question session so it's your turn to ask a question now um tom have you ever seen the movie doc hollywood with michael j fox (laughs) in these times um i i've seen parts of it yes i love that movie uh i guess that means i have to ask wertner a question (laughs) (laughs) 
wondering, I was wondering, I, I forget your cat's names. You have two cats now, right? I sure do, and I would love to expound on this topic. What are their names? Uh, how much time do we have? What are their names? <laughs> well, the first cat. Just tell me the names. Just adorable. She's gray. This is my uh, question. I'm asking you a preface question. A What's, what oh, are their names? Oh, okay. Um, her name, my yes. little baby, is named Madrigal. Madrigal, and what else? <laughs> the second cat we got more recently rescued What's, her. As right. A, What's the name? What's the name? Melody. Okay. If you had to kill one, which would it be? <laughs> Uh, uh, what's the consequence if I kill neither? Everybody in the entire world dies. What's oh the method God. of killing? Right, is it up that to works. Andy or is it? It's up to oh. him. It's up to him. Oh, it's up to me. Really? Yep. All right. I would. I would probably incinerate. Mel- Alive? <laughs> Alive? <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking so quickly that she's just gone. No, no, no you can't. Like, there's no. Sure, surely you can find if there was an explosion, uh, uh, an inferno yeah, hot enough to do that. If there was some kind of All right, explosion, I would explode her. Yeah, but incinerate. Fine. That's Fine. not going to be... Fine. You got some time before... Oh, my God. No, no, I'm saying the heat would be so intense. It's my method, so it has to... I'm sure I could find some lava or something that it's just she exists and then she doesn't. She's just, she's just in kitty heaven. Like, one second she's with me and the next second she's in kitty heaven. <coughs> Why not just? Wow, that was the best. Tom, great question. Thank I think that's the best round robin honestly, we've ever though, done. Honestly, though, Doc Hollywood is an underrated movie. I was just listening to the soundtrack, and it's just—it's beautiful. Carter Burwell is the guy's name. Check it out. Oh, I love Carter oh, Burwell. Man, he's, good. he's really good. at Love that guy. He does a lot of the Coen does Brothers he? movies. Wow. You know, I heard soundtrack artists—they, you know, composers who write for movies—they don't get a. What's uh, next on the agenda? What do we? Oh, music world. I'm sorry. This this is they the chatter part they, of the of the chatter and lore, Tom. This is the chatter. They part. They don't have respect. You're saying, I heard right? people people who no. do a lot, uh, composers who do a lot of movie soundtracks aren't as you know aren't respected in the compositional classical world. I guess I don't I don't know what what, what you want to call that. But yeah, D- Danny Elfman's practically a leper. <laughs> <Pretty> in the <laughs> music community. Him and whoa, who's the uh, Thomas <laughs> Newman? He's one of my favorites. Ah, oh, I love Thomas oh. Newman. American mm. Beauty, Shawshank Redemption, yeah. some of his stuff. American Beauty. <clears throat> Road to Perdition. Oh. Road to Perdition is my favorite. I think it's my favorite movie soundtrack uh, ever. I think it's my favorite soundtrack ever. What's it? Rock Island. Oh, Rock Island Thomas is Newman. One of the best little. The, 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 get, yeah. the, get the Ellen Pipes in there. You know, mix it up. <clears throat> Those Ellen Pipes when the bicycle yes. starts. Yes. Exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh. All right, sounds like a great, great moment to move on (laughs) to the next thing. That's my Paul Newman impression. And we're back, and now it's time for some, uh, some game of some sort with Andrew Kane. Andrew, take it away. This is uh, we've played this game before. It's called Who Said That? What? <clears throat> if you for a quick refresher, I'm gonna say a quote, and then I'm gonna say the tagline copyrighted by Andy. Who said that? And I'm gonna give you two options for who said the quote, and then you're all gonna tell me who you think said the quote. And then we're doing rude rules, so of course, uh, correct answer gets you one point, and incorrect answer makes oh, you lose God. a point. And then we'll see where everyone stands. Is there a At theme? The <clears throat> 
Yeah, I was trying to go off of sort of Carver <laughs> Chapter 2 themes. Ooh. Okay. So it is, I hope that it is, has some kind of cohesion. All right, number one. The quote is, Be careful when you cast out your demons that you don't throw away the best of yourself. Who said that? Was it Friedrich Nietzsche or St. Thomas Aquinas? Andy? Aquinas. Ryan? Oh, um, uh, uh, Aquinas. Be careful when you cast out your demons that you don't throw away the best of yourself, Tom. Aquinas. And you... You are all at oh, negative. I should have gone one. with it. It was easy. It was easy. Bitch. Of course, it was that guy. <laughs> it was Friedrich Nietzsche, number two. I just, the oldest. Go, yes, I just didn't think he'd 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 want anyone to cast out any demons. I guess you know, but I, oh, well, I was wrong. You're wrong. The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. Mm, Who said that? Isaac Asimov? Or H.P. Lovecraft? Tom? I I have no idea. Lovecraft. Ryan? Asimov. The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. Andy? Uh, Asimov. No! (laughs) Lovecraft did the fear stuff. It's probably Lovecraft. God damn it. So Tom is winning with zero points, and Andy and Ryan Uh, have negative two. He's just going straight forward. He's he's not trying to trick. I guess we got to just... I can't believe I'm. I can't be in the same category. So let's, yeah, let's, let's yeah, get to the next thing. Two okay. negative twos. Quick. All right, next quote. <clears throat> they're getting. They're going to get uh, longer. That's. <laughs> that's it's, a, it's a build. Okay, so this this is the next quote. The public more readily falls victim to the big lie than the small lie, mm. since they themselves often tell small lies in little matters, but would be ashamed to resort to large scale falsehoods. Who said that? Pope Francis or Adolf Hitler? <laughs> oh my God, Andy! Oh man, um, I, I'm just gonna go with what feels more obvious: Hitler. <laughs> <clears throat> Tom, what was the um? What was the quote? <clears throat> The public more readily falls victim to the big lie than the small lie, since they themselves often tell small lies in little matters, but would be ashamed to resort to large, large-scale falsehoods. Uh, this is like this is a cheap thing because then it's like, oh, you thought you thought the Pope said something that Hitler said. I'm not said. making any judgments here. I'm just keeping the score. I think it's I think it's a dirty trick you're playing here. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Hitler. Yes, okay. Ryan. All right. Let's see. Everyone got it right. Ryan, Andy are at negative one and Tom is at one. 
When you spend as much time reading the works of Adolf Hitler as I do. Oh, I see. (laughs) Moving on. The next quote is, It happened that a fire broke out backstage in a theater. The clown came out to inform the public. They thought it was a jest and applauded. He repeated his warning. They shouted even louder. So I think the world will come to an end amid the general applause from all the wits who believe that it is a joke. Who said that? Soren Kierkegaard or Samuel Beckett? <laughs> Thank you for laughing. Um, I think we have to start with Ryan. See, Kierkegaard was the you know teleological suspension of the will. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty blue collar thing to yeah, say. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> uh, no, that's I'm not a go knock with, on blue collar go people. Beckett it's just a compliment one. to you. Okay. Ryan says Samuel Beckett. What does Andy say? Kierke. Andy says Soren Kierkegaard. Thomas? Kierkegaard. Okay, folks. Ryan is God back to it. negative two. Andy has climbed his way to zero. And Tom is leading the pack with two. All right. Ryland is where he belongs right at home in the negative land right honestly I think for the good of the country it's time for you to (laughs) 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 there's no path to victory (laughs) there's no path to victory (laughs) okay so this is the last quote but I have some tiebreaker quotes so we can can see where it goes we're not going to need those (laughs) No, I don't. I don't think that we are. Well, we not at this point. Mm. Um, unless unless Andy gets one right Ooh. and Tom gets it Ooh. wrong. Oh, is that Ooh. true? Oh, I'm within nope. shooting distance. No pressure. No pressure. Unfortunately, Ryan is way too uh, far behind. Didn't I? I won one of these ones, didn't I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's gonna. At one, that's gonna I be on his. That's gonna be on his tombstone. Waylon was just I, way behind. At one <laughs> point, I won behind. one of these. I remember. <laughs> I thought that you were going to say that was going to be on his tombstone. At one point, I won one of these. <laughs> I think that's a much better epitaph. Oh, shit. All right, here's the last quote. I think this is irresponsible preaching and very dangerous. I think it's totally irresponsible because I see nothing biblical that points up to our being in the last days. And I just think it's an outrageous thing to do. And a lot of people are making a living. They've been making a living for 2,000 years preaching that we're in the last days. Who said that? <laughs> Christopher Hitchens or Charles M. Schultz? <laughs> oh, my God. You... <clears throat> we're going to start with Tom. Hitchens or Schultz? Just uh, Charles M. Schultz is the pe- It's It's Schultz. It's Schultz. Okay. Andy? Uh, um, just go. You got to go with the other one. Uh, that's, that's, I, that's, I, that's your only play. That's your only play here. I'm almost positive it's Schultz, but there's no. But you're right, Tom. There's no reason for me to make that play. Uh, so I'm gonna go Hitchens. Okay. Schultz, and is, Ryan? Schultz is the not that you it matters. What? You don't. You don't have to sink down <laughs> to these other fuckers. I'm trying no, to play like don't. Andy does because Andy. <laughs> <laughs> It's not. It's not fun. It's not fun the way Andy plays it. It's not. 
every, to everyone listening, is it Tommy, fun the way Andy Tommy plays? Can you tweet at us? Tweet at us if it's Andy fun. Until Andy turns his <laughs> evil ass gun towards Tommy, and then then Tommy and then I get pissed. <laughs> We're talking Charles Schultz, the writer of Peanuts, right? Is that who we're talking about? Okay. Yes. No, the yes, other Charles are. Schultz. Oh, you know what? See, Tommy just jumps out of his... Oh, God. Oh. I like how you keep calling okay. me Tommy. It's not. It's a nice little Wait, dig right there. Tommy? I appreciate that. Oh, Waylon. Uh, Charles, Charles Schultz. Um, Charles Schultz. Well, folks... After our initial round of questions here, Andy and Ryan are tied with negative one, Ugh. and Tom with a fat three Booyah! is the winner. It was Charles M. Schultz. Um, do you want to do my, my bonus round questions yes, anyway? Ryan and I have to. I can't be tied yeah. with him. <laughs> so this is, to decide, this is to decide who the biggest loser is. And Tom, I, I'm going to invite you to play as well. But of Just course, for fun, because you, I've already yeah, you've won ar- the game. You've already won. I'm you've already champion. won. Okay. <laughs> I think I've won the last like, you've, four you've games we've won kind of a lot of these. It's, <clears> yeah. yeah. He's, the, he's the winner. Okay, here's the... He's Googling. I hope not. Here is the quote. A thousand curses never tore a shirt. Werner, we can hear you typing. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not typing. It, I, was, I was fiddling with a little piece of plastic. I it was a hard oh, is he really cheating to, be, to decide who is the worst? No, he's, he's cheating, cheating against never. honest blue-collar Ryan Whalen. I would never do that. Wait, a wait. Thousand... I, I was distracted by all the typing. So, Kane, can you repeat the, question, the, the uh, th- quote? A thousand curses never tore a shirt. Is this an Arabic proverb or Lois Griffin from Family Guy? Andy? <laughs> um, uh, thousand curses? Oh my god. Ah. <laughs> how could it be Lois Griffin? But it could be. <laughs> That's deep right there. Arabic proverb. That proverb. proverb is that your is that your answer yes uh, okay ryan whalen oh god damn it ryan whalen see i have the choice of just keeping it in last place with andy or trying to pull ahead go with whatever whatever you think's right there's no pressure here um, they don't they don't wear shirts in arabia right it's like it's like don't wear them shirts <laughs> okay. Oh, so Ryan has wait, plummeted. Wait, 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 wait. I want to guess. Oh, oh we I'm forgot sorry. about Tom. What were you going to say, Tom? I would have right, said Arabic right. proverbs. You would have been right. Tom would have been elevated to, to four points. Uh, Ryan oh. has plummeted to negative two points. And Andy is now just riding the line of zero here. Okay. <clears throat> and the next quote is In most cases, revenge is not a good thing. In other cases, it is the only thing. Who said that? <laughs> I fucking hate saying that, Tagman. Um, but I see where the joy to, comes you from. You. Okay. Who said that? Seneca or Slappy Squirrel from the, the Animaniacs? <laughs> In most cases, revenge is not a good thing. In other cases, it is the only thing. Who said that? Seneca the Younger, um, advisor to Nero, um, Nero. to Nero, or Slappy the Squirrel from the '90s cartoon Animaniacs. 
Ryan? <clears throat> Maybe Slappy was quoting Seneca. So it's a um, Seneca. Why Seneca? <laughs> Andy? Ah, God damn fucking Slappy Squirrel. Slappy Squirrel. <laughs> Tom? I think I found a uh, little <clears throat> bit of a technique in Kane's uh, phrasing of his questions. So he so he picks the real one, and then he picks a fucking crazy absurd one <laughs> that makes you think like, shit, could it be the crazy one? <laughs> but I'm going with Seneca. Okay, so Tom, if he if he oh, were part of this of round, bitch. would drop a point because <laughs> Slappy the Squirrel from the Animaniacs said that. <laughs> Damn. No, no, no. Ryan no. is at negative we were just, three. Ah, <laughs> we were just doing this for fun. We were just doing this for fun. We're still at negative one. Oh, okay. Oh, this is, it is well, fun, isn't it, Ryan? This is the negative. Mm. Okay, this is the last question. And it doesn't really matter because Ryan is still dead last, but we'll just play it just because it's fun. Okay, last one. It takes two to lie. One to lie and one to listen. Who said that? Benjamin Franklin or Homer Simpson from The Simpsons? Andy? Homer. Ryan? I don't like this game anymore. (laughs) (laughs) He's just crawled into the corner. It takes two to lie. One to lie and one to listen. Ben Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Thomas Hodgkin? I'm going to guess Homer. Just because I don't want to associate myself with Whalen. Yeah, that's wise. Um, So Tom is, of course, the the supreme victor. Four points uh, if you include the bonus round. Andy um, coming in with uh, three points uh, in second place. And Ryan Whalen, once again, dead last with negative three. Thank you for playing Who Said That? And we're back. <laughs> now that we've covered chatter, it's time for lore. This episode, we have one story to share. It's from Ryan. The only criteria he had was that it be set in the Carver universe during a time that is not inside the immediate storyline. Ryan. Hold on, I'm loading it up. Take it away. Is it worth, is it worth doing another intro for this? And no, this should all, 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 all be on the podcast. This is, <laughs> this is just dead this air. Is this is what the just, people want, you know? I don't think they want dead air. Yeah, no, this is us talking. It's you know, us. They could use. Oh. They need a. So break. we're not. Al- we're not allowed to talk about like process or like what we what we think about different <laughs> movies or or soundtracks. But we are we are allowed to just just sit here and say nothing. <laughs> Can you hear me? And hiss laugh. <laughs> this is what we are allowed to do. Okay, this is what the people no, really want. I understand. Not your no, fartsy, no, no, fartsy no. crap. Now I understand. Thank what? you for clearing it up for me. <laughs> what are? Yeah. Can you guys hear yes. me? Are we still waiting on Whalen right now? <laughs> I think we are. I yes. can hear fucking Yeah, I can hear you, Ryan. I can hear, I can hear you. God, never mind. I just, I this is getting out of control. <laughs> we can hear you. Did, yes. you. did it open yet? Did it successfully open? <sighs> you, next time, please just load your floppy disk before. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's one of those. It's not the little, little, uh, little three-inch disks. It's an actual large floppy disk that I'm using. One of those actual... 
right. It's not a three and a half floppy. Right. It's a well, floppy. This, I was I inspired those. by uh, Last Chatter and Lower's uh, story that Andy wrote. You know, I guess you just got to let it all go. You know, you just got to really just... Just, um, I you love know, the preludes just, to who cares stories. about disgusting, <laughs> you know, actually making people sick? So I just went for it. And oh. I, the title of it is I, yeah. um, Nan's Most Recent Visit to the Gynecologist. Uh, no. <laughs> what? I, I take it back. It's not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, thank God. My wife couldn't listen to the last episode of Chatter and She couldn't make it oh, through honestly, listening to Andy's story. Right, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Uh... It was a blessing. I'm not doing voices either. I, I only can do the. I only can do the narrator. Only six more excuses before we get to the story. Everybody. It was Don't a blessed worry. day for Parson Partridge and his congregation. After over two years of searching, they finally commenced their first service at their new spiritual home, the old Dunrook Estate, which they painstakingly converted into a quiet, calm, and modest Anglican chapel. The walls have been whitewashed, giving the entire room a feeling of heavenly purity. Stained glass had been salvaged from other abandoned estates and put together to adorn the four simple chapel windows. And over the altar hung an oak plaque with God is love carved into it by a talented member of the congregation. After Partridge's first service and after a long applause from the congregation, congratulating all those who partook in the restoration, the parson invited all to a short gathering in the garden with refreshments provided by the women's auxiliary. Partridge commenced in polite small talk with his flock and told stories of the hardships and fixing the old estate as well as the moments of glory. He was soon interrupted, however, by an excited man coming toward him rather quickly with what looked to be a sapling tree. Parson Partridge! Parson Partridge! As the man came near, the clergyman recognized him as Jonathan Bacon, the gardener of the Dunrook estate. What a beautiful service, Parson Partridge, exclaimed Bacon. It's so refreshing to hear inspiring words here at the estate. Boy, the stories I could tell you of the Dunrooks. But I'm afraid we'd all have to go to confession after I told them. (laughs) Parson nervously laughed, and the congregation obliged and did the same. I've brought you and the church a gift for the garden. This here in my hands is the beautiful dogwood tree, a symbol of the cross and Christ's sacrifice for us all. I'll find a place of honor for it in the garden and uh, for all of the congregation to enjoy. What a lovely gift, Mr. Bacon. And we here at the church will tend to it with loving hands, said the parson. And we'd, and please, we'd love for you to join us here every Sunday. That way you can worship with us and still marvel at the wonderful garden. I also want you to know that I've spoken with all the larger estates in the area, and I'm hoping to find your replacement gardening position as soon as possible. I... I don't understand, said Jonathan. A dogwood tree takes the hand of an expert gardener for it to flourish, and and though I'm not an Anglican myself, I I have no intention of leaving my employment here. So, So don't you or your congregation worry. Jonathan Bacon will always be here to tend the garden. Uh... Yes, um, you are a very talented gardener. Didn't didn't Deacon Dove speak to you? Partridge questioned. Deacon Deacon Dove, I, I don't believe I've met anyone by that name. Replied Bacon. Hmm. Could you excuse me for one moment? The parson departed, calling out, "Deacon Dove, <coughs> Deacon Dove, right here, parson. What can I do for you?" Uh yes, Deacon Dove. Uh, 
Did you have that discussion with Jonathan Bacon, you know? The gardener that we discussed? That important <laughs> discussion you were supposed to um, discuss with him? I have no idea what you're talking about, said the deacon. But I do remember we are going to play Double Dummy tonight, correct? Right, yes. We have to have a chat. I must be off. God bless. The parson made his way back to Mr. Bacon. <laughs> oh, parson, welcome back. I was just telling your flock here how I was actually born beneath this very willow tree here, amidst the heather and forget-me-nots. My mother, the gardener before me, uh, told me on her deathbed that it was her one wish that I take care of this exquisite garden till the day I die. Oh, wow. Uh, marvelous. What a, what a marvelous story. Uh, can I speak with you in private, Mr. Bacon? muttered Parson Partridge. Why, certainly, Vicar. I've been wanting to speak to you as well about some exciting new ideas I have for the garden. Great. Uh, come with me. Parson! Parson! Both men turned around to find Deacon Dove fast approaching them. I'm glad I caught you. I finally remember remembered that what discussion you wanted me to have. I was supposed to fire that old gardener because we couldn't afford it, and a garden in these difficult days is, in your words, superfluous. So sorry, my memory isn't what it used to be. Uh, I'll get right on that. Can you point the poor bastard out? Oh, God forgive us, Parson prayed. Deacon Dove, meet Jonathan Bacon, the gardener. I've got to go, said the deacon over his shoulder while immediately departing the conversation. Superfluous parson? Do you really think a garden is superfluous? Do you think I am superfluous? exclaimed Bacon in a rising voice. Parson calmly addressed the angry and heartbroken gardener. Look, Mr. Bacon, we simply don't have the funds to keep you on or to purchase all that is needed to keep this garden in the immaculate shape you've kept it in. I'm sorry, but providing a safe place of worship for my flock is more important than a garden. Surely you understand. Oh, I understand, grumbled Mr. Bacon. But don't think you or your... Uh, but don't you or your flock of sheep think for one moment that you've seen the last of Jonathan Bacon master... Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I screwed that one up. But don't you or your flock of sheep think for one moment that you've seen the last of Jonathan Bacon, Master Gardner. Bacon turned his back to the parson and marched off the property. Parson called out after him as he never liked to hurt his fellow man, but received no reply. He thought it best to leave it alone. Months went by, and Parson Partridge and his flock went about their businesses. Business church brunches and dinners, the occasional raffle to raise funds, and of course fun and enriching activities for the children. One day, while, par while uh, the parson was struggling to find a new activity for the young ones, he was interrupted by a loud knocking on the door. Parson opened the door, and, bef uh, and there before him was a sobbing Jonathan Bacon. My goodness! Please! cried the former gardener. Let me gardener! I, I need it so bad! I, I can't do anything else! And, and I, I'm really sorry about the threatening tone I took with you and calling the congregation sheep. I, I truly didn't mean it. I was just so angry. And don't get me wrong. I, I really, really, really tried to come up with something terrible to do at all. <laughs> all of you. As a way of revenge. <laughs> but it turns out I'm just a kindly old gardener. 
I don't have a mean bone in the body. I even went to the alehouse to talk to the sailors. And they had some shocking ideas, believe you me. So shocking that I passed out and then I then I just gave up. God, I need to feel the branches and leaves in my hand. I, I, I need to hear the wind through the shrubberies. I need to smell the dark, rich soil. God, I've spent the last month reading my old gardening textbooks, but now I can't even do that as I've cut them all up with my gardening shears to make paper flowers to give to people. See? I'm losing my mind. Jonathan Bacon produced a stunning paper tulip from his breast pocket and threw it at the parson's feet. Partridge picked it up and examined it. My goodness, Jonathan, did you really make this tulip out of the pages of a textbook? You don't have to rub it in, parson. That's not very charitable. I'm a desperate man. No, no, Jonathan, you're not a desperate man. You're a man of many talents. Perhaps your real skill isn't your green thrum, but your expert use of shears. This tulip is exquisite. The parson continued admiring Bacon's work. No, no, gardening is in my blood. That's what I'm supposed to do. But do you really think it's good? I mean, you, you never know until someone else takes a look, right? But, but no, no. <laughs> I mean, who's ever heard of a, a master paper cutter? <laughs> I have, proclaimed the parson, and his name is Jonathan Bacon. That's that's the end of my story. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! What a what a kind and thoughtful story. Setting, it's a whole other story to Jonathan see how he's turned like into that. a a sexual Make, monster. Wait. <laughs> 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 it's just the beginning. Uh, yeah, that's like just the beginning of. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, Ryan, um, maybe now would be a nice time for you to uh, let the good listeners know the title of our next season. Here it comes. Come, come out of his mouth I right gotta, now. You, you emailed it to me, right? <laughs> All right, hold on. We already did yeah. these jokes. We already did these jokes. And no, I didn't email it to you. No, you we, said we you didn't knew do- it. Don't worry, nobody that was listening in the beginning. Was I didn't again. say I knew it. Oh god. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure, ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners, that season is it six or seven? Seven. Six? six. Season six. six. <laughs> no, season seven's the one where we get rid of the narrator. <laughs> Root Alchemy's season number six is Poe Green and the Ghost Machine? Oh, he's... Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, and the Ghost Machine. Our very first straight-up rhyming title. (laughs) A lot of thought went into that title. A lot. We're struggling with a title, and then Andrew just comes up with it. He's great. Hey, let's not give away all the trade secrets Uh, here. Oh, sorry. Yep, yep. Oh um, right. yeah, yes. when does it when does it, it pre- that's gonna premiere April tenth. All right, April tenth. Yeah, that's maybe. not and, bad. Maybe. I can wait and, that long. And we're also we're also gonna be dropping something in the interim between now and April tenth to tide everyone over, but we don't know exactly what it's going to be yet. It'll be a special. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a special. 
maybe <laughs> specials we've done before or usually live shows. Hopefully we can put that together again. But we don't know. We don't know. I we guess, don't know. I guess we don't. You don't know. We don't know. Wait, I thought we already picked Stay it out. Stay tuned. Isn't it a... No. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> Well, everybody, thanks for joining us for Rude Alchemy Chatter and Lore. Please be sorry, sure. sorry for this episode. We're very sorry, heartily sorry for this episode. <laughs> Tom and I are really okay. Don't worry. It's just what we do. Please be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and please continue to ask us some questions. Although we have, yeah, yeah, we'll answer your questions if you ask us questions. Uh, 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 yeah. We, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? I was going to say, we haven't, before we record Chatter and Lore, we should really check social media to see if there's questions, but I guess we would, we would remember. Yeah, Sometimes there are, no, there are questions, it's just a, we, we just don't look before we record this. Yeah. Hey, do you want me to look right now? I can look right now. <clears throat> Somebody asked something that I didn't understand. It was like, uh, what, what, what platform do you use for text and audio? Oh yeah, like, how did we decide what what platform we were going to use for? Basically, how we're, what how do we decide the platform for our release? Yeah, uh, I guess. Was the question that was what, that was what they were asking, wasn't it? It was just a little unclear. I'm like text and audio. What do you mean by text? Wouldn't it just say for your podcast? Why is it text and audio? Uh, they, maybe they're doing some kind of you know they're going to release stories on online and they're going to release podcasts yeah. as well like yeah. i don't know well basically the format we chose was a podcast um, <laughs> so, and we put it on itunes listen listen, listen oh i got here's a, here's a question here's a question oh tom's got one uh curiosity how why did you choose where oh that's the question right now it's okay yeah but anyway, great question from that. And now individual. he knows. Now he or she knows how it feels like to get a sarcastic goddamn answer from Andy, like we do all the time. <laughs> oh God bless. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. We used iTunes because it's free and everybody has it in the Western world. Anyway, I'd love to hear some tweets on uh, Doc Hollywood. Anyone, uh, you know what they <sighs> what they think. Uh, so, yeah, also remember to support us, get access to exclusive content like the Blooper Vault. Visit rudealchemy.com slash support. That is our Rudiment Alchemic, which is a fun little cult you can join to get uh, access to even more content. I mean, now, if this content you can get for free, imagine the kind of content you can get <laughs> if you shell out a few dollars a month. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Alchemist, Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Werner, and Mr. Ryan Whalen. This episode's story written by Mr. Whalen. Intro and outro music by Old Town Wake. All other music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Robb. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. To support Rude Alchemy and gain access to exclusive content like blooper reels from every season, visit RudeAlchemy.com slash support. Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen, the demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, bring you Twisted Pulp Magazine, a journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed, worlds of the supernatural, worlds of dark satire, worlds of nightmarish futures, Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. Twisted Pulp Magazine.